0: Be seated, if you would, please. So, when I say the name Muhammad Ali, <laughs> what comes to your mind? rope a Yes, you've watched. What else? Huh? Moves like a butterfly, stings like a bee. How about pride? Oh yeah. I used to think yeah, I couldn't stand him when he was fighting, but I found out later in fact I found out just within the last six months, he wasn't nearly as proud as he seemed to be. Someone asked him about being the greatest of all time and he said no, he said, I never believed that. He said, I just I just acted that way to get people in the seats. And he was very successful at that, I'll say. So, not only was he one of the greatest, for sure, of all time, he was a poet. And he had a poem for everything. He said, before he fought Sonny Liston, he says, If you want to lose your money, bet on Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> he said to a woman who was interviewing him uh, in Britain, He said, I like your show, I like your style, but the pay is so low, I'm not going to come back for a while. <laughs> So what is common to people like Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano, who was my favorite, Sonny Liston, George Foreman, Joe Fraser, Lennox Lewis, whoever you might regard as the greatest, they all had one thing in common. They wanted to be referred to as the greatest. They wanted to be the greatest. Women side of things, there was an MMA fighter named Ronda Rousey. And I watched pretty carefully her career for a while and uh, when she got into the big time, she wouldn't be in a fight for more than a minute in the first round, and she'd get an arm bar on somebody, and they would go down, and she, they they, they were done until she came into Holly, the preacher, daughter, Holmes. And Holly Holmes was a boxer before she was an MMA fighter, and she started pounding Marana Rossi in the face. And pretty soon she knocked her down, and when Ronda... Turned like this to get up again. Rhonda he kicked her right here in the side of the head and knocked her out cold. Pride and then the fall. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I want to remember that verse because I don't want God to be opposed to me. The word oppose means to actively resist to actively work against you now think about that god actively working against you man i just i don't want to i don't want to go there so pride is one of those themes in scripture where in fact the core of all sin has has something to do with pride so the old testament character for the day is naaman i don't know if you remember naaman or not he's one of the lesser known names of those that we've talked about uh, in recent days going through the Old Testament. Naaman was the second most powerful man in the nation. He was an army officer. He was the commander of the army. He was wealthy. He was strong. He was a good soldier. He always had an entourage around him, but he had leprosy. And... A servant girl, this is one of the most important parts of the story, a servant girl went to this great man and said, why don't you go to the prophet of God, Elisha, and he will heal you. He will see that you're healed. A servant girl spoke to this lofty man, and he listened to her and went. He pulled up in front of Elisha's house with all of his entourage, and chariots, and horses, and soldiers, and pomp and circumstance. And Elisha didn't even go outside to meet him. Why? He realized that this man needed to be humbled. So uh, he sent word with a messenger out. High insult sent out word of the messenger, and he said, Go and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River, and you'll be healed of leprosy. Well, he was indignant. Naaman was indignant. How could he tell me? We've got all kinds of beautiful rivers from where I come, and I've traveled 100 miles. And he tells me to get in this little dirty, muddy stream. The Jordan River is a very small stream, except during, you know, when there's runoff. And it's kind of dirty. He said, you're asking me to go another 30 miles to dip myself in that muddy river? But a servant, again, a servant, said to him, if he would have asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Why not this small thing? So he went and dipped himself in the Jordan River and obviously was healed. Pride. Do you have any? Does does pride ever show up? It's ugly head in your life. I'm going to go through a list here in a minute, and I think you'll probably agree that all of us deal with pride to a certain degree. I, uh, I don't know that I was proud, but I definitely got humbled one day when I was... How many of you ever learned how to ski? It's the most humbling thing <laughs> that you can face in your life, <laughs> learning how to ski. It's just, it's crazy. So a friend of ours took us up to Big Sky, and we spent the whole morning... Ginger, if you know Ginger, you'd really appreciate this. She was being taught by an Austrian skier. And there were all these new students out going down. Ginger went down the hill, and, and this Austrian started yelling at her, and he, said, he used her as an example of what not to do. Ginger said, you shut up. <laughs> she, walk, she She walked off of the ski slope. <laughs> so... That same morning I came down the hill and I, it was the first time that I made a run without falling down. <laughs> and it was about lunchtime and I saw back against the buildings lots of picnic tables back there, everybody was sitting out in the sun. And so I I came down the hill and I was moving toward all of our friends and there were there were probably a hundred people out there. And I yelled out, I came all the way down the hill without falling down. <laughs> <My> f- <laughs> Skis went out from under me. Man, I was embarrassed. That was a very, that was a very humbling experience. Of course, everybody laughed. So pride. There's a, there's a pride that is, uh, is even good. The pride of accomplishing something or the pride of seeing someone that you love accomplish something. Your children do something and they do it well and you're, you're proud of them. There's nothing wrong with that kind of pride. But the kind of pride that God opposes is an excessively high opinion of oneself. You think more of yourself than you ought to think. Your perspective of yourself is distorted. So I'm going to go through two lists. I'm going to go through, first of all, a list on pride. You'll need to take quite a few notes here. And then I'm going to go through a list on humility. And notice how different they are. The first one is pride will bring about God's opposition. We already talked about that he will actively work against you if you're proud. Proverbs 16:5 says, "The Lord detests all the proud of heart." Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. That's a that's a pretty pretty harsh verse. I don't want God coming after me. Hebrews 12:5 and 6 says, "My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you." Because the Lord dis- disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. So there's a discipline that comes from the Lord that's, that's for your good. He's not just coming against you, he's, against you, he's, he's trying to, to train you to teach you. And it's like you have the big head. I was going to bring a balloon today and the balloon gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and pretty soon it blows up. Something's going to happen if pride increases in our life. Secondly, pride stunts your growth. You you probably remember growing up. My dad and mom used to tell me that coffee would stunt my growth, or smoking would stunt my growth. You know all kinds of whatever they didn't want you to do that would stunt your growth. But uh, when I was when I was growing up, I thought my dad was so stupid. It was awful. He didn't he didn't know anything. I knew everything. He was on the phone one day talking to someone in his profession and. I thought I knew more than he did, and kind of acted pompous after he hung up. Uh, there was a guy I've told you about that used to sit on the front row of the church, and basically his deme- everything in his demeanor just was like this. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen. Therefore, you won't grow. Then pride makes you blind. Uh, you may remember the story in John chapter nine where. The disciples came to this blind man and they said, who sinned, he or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one. Let's, let's get him going in the right direction. Let's, let's get him healed. And so this banter began between the Pharisees and the blind man. And Pharisees were basically taunting him and ridiculing him. And Jesus said these words at the conclusion of the chapter. Every miracle that Jesus worked, he was not only doing a miracle, but he was teaching a spiritual lesson as a result. And this one is clear. He says, for judgment I came into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will, com- will become blind. In other words, if you think you get it, I see, I see, I get it, I understand. Then, in fact, probably all of us are, are experts in some area or another. I was thinking of a friend of mine who was a brilliant man. And there were some things you could not talk to him about. Because he knew. He knew. And that may be true of of each of us. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world so that the blind will see and that those who see will become blind. You say, I don't don't understand. I don't get it. Then you're in a position where the Lord can teach you. The next one is pride looks down on others. Have you ever been around somebody who looked down on you? What does that make you feel? It makes you feel small. And uh, I was on a, a board in town several years ago, a large organization in town. And everybody was, everybody's gracious. It was really nice people. There's one woman uh, kind of snubbed me a little bit, and I, I didn't know what was going on, so I thought, I'm going to win her over. So one day after the meeting, she was headed down a hallway, and I followed her down the hallway, and I called out what I thought was her name. <laughs> wasn't her name. <laughs> and when I called out her name, she turned around to me like it's not, and she told me what her name was. And just, you'd, you'd know her if I said her name, but she, she made you feel small. It's not fun to be around somebody like that that looks, looks down on you. Don't you know who I am? We should be surprised anybody knows who we are. Then pride is abrasive. Have you ever gotten sandpaper and rubbed it on your hand? Once I got a file, steel file. And it was it was hard, and I rubbed it across me. It'll cut you. It's abrasive. But satin is smooth. You ever slept on on satin sheets? I only did one time. We, we went to Santa Monica, California and this couple let us use their apartment for a week and they had satin sheets on the bed. Oh man, that'll spoil you in a hurry. Yeah. Just so smooth, easy, easy on you. Just the opposite of being abrasive. The next one is pride insists on its own way. I had a friend who was in the church when we first came here many years ago and he He was always talking down to his wife. Whatever she said, he uh, just talked to her like she was stupid. I'm right and you're wrong. We never did get that fixed in him. It insists on its own way. It rejects the opinion of others. And pride makes you deaf. Uh, I can't hear you. If I don't respect you, I can't hear you. I had a grandson who was at the age where he thought he knew everything, and I called my Harley my motorcycle one day, and it's not a motorcycle, it's a motorcycle. He knew everything. Pride is a wreck waiting to happen. The greatest example of this is Peter. You remember the very familiar story I tell often about Peter being warned by Jesus. Peter, before... Before morning, you're going to deny me three times." Peter said, "No, there's no way. You know, maybe some of these guys would deny you. I, I never will. I'll, I'll die for you first. He didn't listen to the Lord. he was deaf. He didn't hear He couldn't hear. And sure enough, the rooster crowed the next morning, and this verse, verse is amazing. It says, "Peter went out and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. It was a wreck. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Also, pride ruins relationships. Like I told you about this friend of mine who was uh, the treasurer in the church when I first came and I found a bunch of cash in the drawer, desk drawer of the church. And the door was open in the room and the desk was unlocked and there was a pile of money in the in the drawer, just just laying there loose. So I went to him the next Sunday, and I, said, I talked to him about it. He said, you do the preaching, I'll take care of the money. So I told him that wasn't going to work very well for me. <laughs> Pride ruins relationships. Nobody likes to be around somebody who's arrogant. Pride brings about God's discipline. So those of you who are a little bit older, it's not true, the young people wouldn't know this, but... If you are on a team and you start playing for yourself rather than for the team, what would the coach do? He'd bench you. you go sit down. Now everybody points at themselves and I'm number one and all that. I just it drives me crazy. Pride brings about God's discipline. It'll, he'll bench you. Now I want to contrast those with humility. Now think of all the things I've just said. Pride will bring about God's opposition. It stunts your growth. It makes you blind. Pride makes you look down on others. It's abrasive. It insists on its own way. It makes you deaf. It's a wreck waiting to happen. It ruins relationships. It will bring about God's discipline. I don't see anything good there, do you? Now contrast that list with this list about about humility. Humility means to have a modest view of oneself. In other words, other people probably think more highly of you than you do of yourself. You have a modest view of yourself. So, <clears throat> I, I, I watch reruns of What's My Line all the time. And uh, once in a while, there'll be this gorgeous movie star that's sitting next to John Daly, and somebody will say, Are you a beautiful star? And the, and the person always... They, they won't answer the question themselves. They'll, they'll kind of look around like they're nervous and look at John Daly, and he says, I'll answer for you. That's, that's humility. A modest view of oneself. Naaman uh, listening to the servants was an act of humility. I have a rule in staff meetings, did at Faith Chapel as well, that the best idea wins. In other words, it doesn't matter who gives the idea. The, the position on staff has nothing to do with it. It might be the lowest person in many people's eyes, but the best idea wins. That's, that's an example of humility. humility. Naaman's, Naaman listened twice to the servants. That was a great example of humility. I'll put it this way. He lost his temper, he lost his pride, and he lost his leprosy. <coughs> But he now found God. He said, now I know that there is a God in Israel. In Washington, D.C., there's a department. I'd never heard of it before. It's called the Department of Standards. And they, they have the standard, for example, of an inch or a millimeter. So they have a, a standard. That's, that's the exact measure of an inch or a foot. Or, a yard, so you take your measure and you measure it with theirs, and their's win's out. theirs is the standard there's they have a standard for a teaspoon, a tablespoon, a cup, a pint, a quart, a gallon that bring yours, and you measure it with theirs. Theirs is the standard. God's standard is the standard, and we measure ourselves by his standard, not by our own standards. We submit to his way. Humility brings about growth and blessing. So, for example, if you're sitting in a classroom and you're listening to the teacher and you're taking notes, remember the person that always comes to my mind is Dr. Pinckney, and I take notes, who's fascinating to listen to. You take notes and you listen. Well, as a result of listening, you will grow and you will grow in blessing. Humility improves your vision. You can say, when you understand something, what do you do? I see. We'll never say, I see, unless you're listening, unless you're willing to respond to that. It's like an optometrist bringing that machine up to your face and adjusting all the dials and pretty I get it. I see. Well, when we humble ourselves and listen, it improves our vision. Humility celebrates others. In other words, when you're in some kind of a contest, an athletic event, or I remember in band, I played the trumpet, and we always, every week we tried for first chair, second chair, third chair, when somebody else gets first chair, what do you do? (laughs) Humility says, good job, you did great. I was watching an NFL game one day, and it was the Detroit Lions uh, playing the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers won the game. The Detroit coach came walking across the side. Of, you know, they always meet in the field and congratulate each other, congratulate the winner. He came across the field to congratulate the San Francisco coach, and the San Francisco coach kind of brushed him off and started to take off. He was like, I don't have time for you. Man, I'm telling you, that Detroit coach went after him. Maybe he was proud, too. I don't know, but he, he, he went after him and he told him off. So humility celebrates others. Good job. Way to go. So proud of you. Rather than, you know, being arrogant and being defeated because you lost, you need to congratulate the other person. Then humility enhances relationships. It's challenging to be around proud people. You don't like to be around proud people. None of us do. But someone who is humble and gracious and kind, Ron Mel is one that always comes to my mind. So easy to be around because he was, he was humble. Paul says, "Do not do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness, which is very closely related to humility, let your gentleness be evident to all. Then humility makes you smarter. Read Proverbs 12, 1. It says if you, f- if you won't listen to someone to be corrected, you're stupid. It uses those words. So humility makes you smarter. You humble yourself. You learn, you grow. I mentioned last week, one of the great things to do is read a, proverb, a chapter in Proverbs every day corresponding to the day of the month. It will, it will increase you in wisdom. Humility makes you smarter. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And then humility brings God's blessing. That's probably the greatest one of all. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little, little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The, the reference to that in, in New Testament culture was when, when they had a table full of people, the person at the head of the table was the most important person there, and then number one on the right, number two on the left, number three, number four, number five, number six, down the line. So you could tell exactly where everybody fit. Well, how would you feel if you walk in and you're actually number 11 but you walk up to number one and sit down and the host has to say, excuse me, uh, would you let this person sit there? You go sit at number 11. Gosh, how embarrassing would that be? So he said you should do the opposite. Go to number 11 if you're number one and have the host bring you up to the front. That's much better. Humble yourself and the Lord will exalt you. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment and I want you to think about Maybe something that, that some person or maybe the Lord has been trying to get your attention about and tell you. And you know that they're trying to get your attention. They've tried to talk to you before, but you just basically have been ignoring them. Or the Lord has been talking to you about something and you're ignoring Him. That's pride. So I'd like to encourage you this morning, just whatever He's been saying to you, say Yes. And maybe there's a person. I just pray that the Lord would bring your bring them to your mind. A person has been trying to talk to you about something. And you've brushed them off to this point. But bring their face to your mind and then listen to them. Listen to what they're saying. They're probably saying it for your own good. And as a result of you listening and humbling yourself and listening, you'll learn and you'll grow and you'll be better off. So, Lord, this morning we. In every, every area of our life, we want to walk in humility. Lord, the truth is we, we, we really aren't as important as we'd like to think at times. And we know, Lord, that you'd, 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 you chose people like us to shame the wise. You didn't choose us for who we are, you chose us for who you could help us to become. So Lord, we want to be used. Just where you're sitting, nobody's looking around, but if you want to be used by the Lord, just, just lift your hand. Lord, I want to use you. I want you to use me. He will use you if you'll listen to him and if you'll humble yourself. I also want to ask if there's anybody here this morning who has never humbled themselves and said, Yes, I want Jesus to be the boss of my life. I want to follow him. I don't want to walk my way. I want to walk his way. If you've never done that, but you'd like to today, would you just, nobody else looking around, but just lift up your head, lift up your hand. Your hand would be saying, Pastor, I I want to follow the Lord. Yeah. I know you've done that before, so God bless you. Just let that be reinforced in you. Lord, let our default answer to you be yes. Know that we'll be better for it and others will be better for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with us, please? We're going to finish with a short song here. All my life, all I know.